Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar. I hope everyone listening is doing well. Uh, We are back. It's a new year. Uh, we've got some more uh, games to talk about. This is your first time listening. We talk about adventure games. We review the latest adventure games that we've played, uh, which can include point and click, of course, first person walking simulators, um, just anything narrative based. And today I am joined by uh, someone, the new year and a new person has very kindly agreed to join the team on the podcast uh, I'm sure people might know him. You've probably read his reviews either on Facebook or on Adventure Game Hotspot. Uh, it's Johnny. And I forgot to ask you how you pronounce your last name, Johnny. Is, is it Nice? It's Nice. No, no, well, you are a nice guy. So <laughs> <laughs> in our interactions, at least, you've been you've always been very, very nice and you come across as a really nice guy. So I'm really delighted that you're joining us. So uh, Thank hello. you very much, Shosha. I'm uh, very glad to be here, and uh, thank you for having me. Sure. No, we're we're delighted to to have you because uh, again, you you are like an adventure game playing machine. You somehow can get through so many adventure games, uh, play a lot, and you're very very eloquent with your thoughts as well. So I'm delighted to have you on board, and I'm sure the rest of the team will be as well. And I hope that you can join the rest of the team. Uh, January is a difficult month. We couldn't get <laughs> everyone else. Um, we'll take her all on a break. We're delighted to have you, Johnny. Before we start, actually, on to, um, the news and reviews, um, just wanted to to ask you very quickly, since this is your first time on this podcast, do you remember what your first adventure game was? I certainly do. And it was uh, Hugo's House of Horrors. Oh, interesting. And Not I Monkey Island. That, or... <laughs> well, Monkey Island was the second one. Oh, <laughs> um, and and actually, I've I've gone for years saying that Monkey Island was my first adventure game. Then I started uh, remembering back. Um, I got a few few books about uh, graphic adventure games, and and so I, I remembered Hugo's House of Horrors, and that was actually the very first one uh, true adventure game that I played. It must have been back in in I think ninety one or ninety two. Um, don't remember the year. But must have been something about that time, yeah. Very interesting. I think that I played that as well a long time. I don't think I got very far in it. I never finished it. And you know why? Because uh, at one point, you have to um, uh, answer a couple of questions. Um, there's a ferryman that has to take you across a lake um, in, in a cave. And he asks you uh, several questions. And the first one um, had to do with the Hobbit and Bilbo Baggins. Oh. I was like, I think I was 12 years, 13 years old. Uh, but I had never heard about Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit. And I had no idea who Bilbo Baggins was. And I asked my family and friends here in Belgium. And, and nobody knew about that. So I was completely stuck. Oh. And of course, this was before the internet as well. So uh and no chance to, to look it up anywhere. So um, there was one time where, where I thought, well, I have to go to the library and, and try to find, uh, to look it up. But, but 
seemed like such a daunting task. I just gave up. Uh, <laughs> I never finished it. <laughs> and then I don't know how well, 30 plus years later. Um, yeah, no, I think it was the first exactly. screen. I don't know if I died. I, I might be confusing it with another game. But uh, it, it reminds me of uh, a little bit of one of the Leisure Suit Larry games where they ask you questions. It's the same the kind of graphics <laughs> also. It's that, that era. And, and yeah, I died uh, several times during that game. Uh, it's it's a yeah it's a horror game so there are dangers everywhere werewolves and uh, mummies that can catch you and uh, it's um, well it was fun it was fun the first uh, introduction to the adventure adventure game genre so uh, and I'm still here thirty years later yeah great it's great we're delighted that you are it's um it uh, didn't put you off at least which is uh, <laughs> no, no, great to see and so then did you go uh, grow up playing Sierra LucasArts games or Broken Sword or any of the classics do you have any particular Favorites? Mostly the, the LucasArts games. Lucasfilm, like LucasArts. Myself, yeah. I have, uh, I think I still have all those uh, big boxes. Um, I Well, I moved house a lot of times uh, in, over the decades, but and I have to get rid of some boxes, but the LucasArts ones, I, I still have them. I, I was very careful to uh, to keep them, yeah. Yeah, those are the most important. I know So, so when he said uh, you have to get rid of a few boxes, I'm sure it hurt a few people. It's um, mm. I'm not as much, I mean, they are beautiful and I've got them at, um, at my home where I grew up, uh, in Ireland, but right now I don't have them with me because I think, well, there's not enough space really. Yeah, um, exactly. They're in a box somewhere upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to have them on, on a shelf, uh, nice display, but, uh, yeah, then I got married. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know. And then, yeah, then we, we bring another person into our lives and it's, mm -hmm. it's not just what we want anymore. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, that's that's great. So we've gotten to know you. I'm sure we'll get to know you hopefully over the next uh, over the next few months as well. Over the year, we'll have you on uh, again. But for now, um, can you tell us, um, well, which game will you be uh, talking about? Will you be reviewing uh, later on so I will be actually I'll be reviewing the Fidelio incident which was released a few years ago and Johnny you'll be reviewing a game that was released just this year I believe but the two of us will be yes. talking about it and it's the first game I played this year and it's uh, The Night is Grey by Wheelstock Interactive and I was literally blown off my socks by it it's mm. uh, I really it's... like this one it was the perfect game to start a new year yeah great way to start we'll be talking about that in more uh, details. Uh, we'll also be talking about. Uh, I'll be talking about a demo tavern talk, and uh, and then you'll be talking about Conrad Stevenson's Paranormal PI. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I think I'm about to... halfway through that game. Uh, I'm going to review it as well for Adventure Game Hotspot. It's been out for a while, um, but uh, none of the other reviewers uh, were yeah, that's, interested that's in great. it. I well, think so. Uh, I decided to to pick it up. Yeah. Well, I look and... forward. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm loving it actually. So uh, you'll hear all about it uh, later in the show. Oh, lo looking forward to it. And again, I would really recommend that people read your reviews. I mean, I love reading the Adventure Game Hotspot anyway, but particularly your reviews, uh, it's always a joy to read them. So I would encourage people to do that. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, uh, so not yes, a great so... editor, of course. So uh, <laughs> I'm not doing it all by myself. Oh yeah, no, Jack. I've heard he's a, a strict editor. He's a but he's a very good mm -hmm. editor. So um... I always, I always think that uh, I've written a great review. Jack's going to love it. Uh, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be on the website as it is, and then I get it back. 
all red all over the place. But, oh no, I really <laughs> loved it. No, oh, <laughs> uh, like a like like a teacher. Uh, exactly, like, exactly. Well, they, Jack and Joshua will be on this podcast uh, very soon. Actually, uh, they'll be discussing uh, the AGH Con, which is coming up in July in Tacoma, Washington. Um, yeah. I would love to go. I don't think I can, unfortunately. It's very far same away, very here, expensive. Um, but you'll hear more about that uh, later. So anyway, we'll start talking about the uh, the new game. So in the news, uh, we'll just talk about, I think, one item. There has been one big news item, and uh, there was the new Indiana Jones game was revealed. We finally got to see some gameplay at the xbox the developers direct i believe um it's from the uh, machine games who made wolfenstein and they reveal the title which is indiana jones and the great circle and they spoke about the game and uh, they had a trailer as well and they got the harrison ford lookalike it's i was a bit worried about this game at first because i heard nothing for like four or five years and but they revealed it and it's going to be out later this year in 2024. Um, so, um, well, Johnny, what, what did you think? Are you an Indiana Jones fan? Uh, and what did you think of this trailer and your first thoughts on what you saw of the game? I am a big fan and I just bought um, the last film on DVD uh, earlier this week. Oh, DVD uh, still exists. <laughs> it still exists, yes. That's yes. great to hear. You know, I, I, I actually want to uh, watch it with my parents. They don't have uh, internet connections or, or anything, but they do have still oh, have wow. a DVD player. So uh, that's actually the reason, the main reason why uh, why I got it. No, I've been a big fan since since, since I was a kid. Uh, I remember um, watching Raiders of the Lost Ark on, on uh, the BBC, actually. So that was without mm. subtitles. It helped me learn English. Um and, and of course, I, I loved uh, the Fate of Atlantis adventure game by LucasArts. Uh, I, for one of my birthdays as a teenager, I got several uh, books by Wolfgang Holbein, the German author. Uh, my sister bought them for me. Um, and then I continued uh, buying other books to, to expand on the collection and uh, the Rob McGregor books as well. So, so yeah, I, I, I. So you're a big fan then of Indiana Jones. I am a Jones. big fan, a big fan. And actually, at first, the announcement of this game, I didn't believe it at first. I thought, on oh, does the it'll get cancelled? Uh, yeah, it, it won't see the light of day because um, it was back in 2006. There was another game announced, um, and and it was supposed to be the first. Uh, Indiana Jones game on the, the next-gen consoles, um, PS3 and the Xbox 360. And we got uh, we, we got a trailer, we got some gameplay footage of the fighting, we got some uh, screenshots on top of a San Francisco cable car, I believe. And then suddenly, yeah, it, it got cancelled and, and plans had changed. And uh, the game that did come out was was uh, Staff of Kings on the PS2 and the Wii. Um, played that as well, of course, and and I really liked it. But but well, you know, you it could have been better mm. um, when you compared it to, to to all the the things we were allowed to see of the promised new game. You know, it was a bit of a letdown to get a, a, a washed out version, so to speak, of, of a new game. So, um, 
And I had the same kind of feeling now with this announcement. So, oh no, it uh, it won't. It's going happen. to be cancelled again. It's yeah. It's going to be cancelled again. So, and then the title, the Great Circle, that didn't really convince me. It it's didn't a really bit, sound yeah. Like that's I mean, like Indiana we, Jones story. It didn't really. It wasn't catchy enough. Yeah, we compare it to you know, uh, Temple of Doom, and you know, just talk about the title, Temple of Doom, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Last Crusade, mm. Diet of Destiny, um, even Fate of Atlantis. They're, you know, the kind of epic, mysterious titles. Yeah, and like, exactly. Now and the Great Circle is like doesn't scream epic, but I mean, I know that doesn't say whether the game itself will be good, but. Yeah, I was I was thinking, is this the best title you could have come up with? The, I mean, I'm sure there's a reason in the um, in the mm. game, but even the, the you know the title, the Dial of Destiny, um, and I like that. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. look, we'll, but now, uh, I mean, my favorite one's probably the Temple of Doom. Just go by titles. Um, yep. I think that title is like, oh yes, I want to watch this now. But the Great Circle, <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, this sounds like geometry, or you know, it takes exactly. me back to geometry class, but. But of course, it is about geometry when you look at yes, the plot of actually, the Yes, actually, I mean, I'm, and I'm sure it'll be, you know, well, hopefully it will be interesting. And I'm sure there'll be mm. a reason uh, in the game why it's called The Great Circle. And I'm sure it will be more interesting than the title sounds. Yeah. Well, a friend of mine actually uh, sent me a link um, uh, of a website where, where it already explains what The Great Circle is and... and it seems oh, to be based on, on something that that's it's actually real that really exists, but I uh, refuse to to read it because of spoilers. So uh, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Oh well, look, I look forward to finding out more. As that we saw the trailer, and they also explained about the gameplay that there will be action in this. So this does look to be more of an action adventure. Um, so it's not a point and click adventure by any means, but. Also, they did say that we will have to, you know, we can choose how to play. We can choose some action. We can choose whether to use stealth. And there will be mm -hmm. some puzzles to solve as well, which I know fans of adventure games, uh, I'm sure, will be happy with. Um, and there will be optional puzzles, they said, as well. And then, interestingly, probably most controversially, they announced in the video that this game will be mostly in first person. That mm -hmm. there will be times it will be in third person for the cinematic shots when he's traveling on horseback and climbing up and that. But when we're in the action, when we're fighting and using the whip, it will be first person. Um, and I, I, I felt like I could tell that they knew that this wouldn't be popular because uh, I felt that like the girl was a bit nervous when she was announcing that. And then they spent a long, long time explaining why they chose it to be first person. Mm -hmm. um, but what, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what do you think about going first person? I know we haven't played it. Um, no, but those uh, first-person viewpoints in the trailer—that uh, was actually the one thing that 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 scared me a little bit because the the, the camera was was going a bit mm. left and right, tilting, and and I thought, oh no, I'm going to get so sick after five minutes. Right, yeah. and, and I mean literally motion sickness because um, feel as I'm getting older, it's I'm I'm suffering more from it from from other first-person uh, games. And uh, that's the one thing that that's uh, that's holding me back a bit. Now I hope that the game will have some settings because uh, there are other first-person games that do have such settings where, where you can actually limit the motion of the camera a little bit, where it doesn't really go all over the place, um, but where it's more more steady, more stable. Uh, so I do hope they have that option to to limit it a little bit. 
yeah, hopefully there will be some accessibility options. You know, I think nearly every game, certainly every AAA game, should have accessibility options so as many people as possible can play them. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I was a bit concerned at first when they mentioned it. Now, again, I'm aware that there are games that it is possible, you know, of course, to make a good first-person game. Cyberpunk is one of them. I haven't played it, but again, certainly now I've heard that people really enjoyed it and it doesn't affect them that it's in first-person and also Machine Gun, as I mentioned, they did make Wolfenstein. So if anyone knows how to make a good first-person yeah. game where you fight Nazis, uh, it's Machine Gun games. But yeah, I get your concerns. I mean, I I think because Indiana Jones is one of the most recognizable, you know, along with Sherlock Holmes, um, he's one of the most recognizable characters in any uh, medium. Um, I think it is a shame that we're not going to see him. Uh, you know, it is. I think that's... But look, we we shall see. I I did like that you're um you can use the whip, and then bring yeah. Over, um, but yeah, still kind of undecided. I guess we'll only know when we play the game, when the game comes out, and if they have accessibility settings. I'm certainly looking forward to it. <laughs> absolutely. No, on the more positive side, I think it's um I think it looks absolutely fantastic. It's mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, you know, as well as the graphics, but the cinematography, the backgrounds, the um, you know, the characters, facial animation might be a little bit, I don't know, like in a lot of games, um, on a little bit of uncanny valley, but I think you know, look, yeah. that's kind of normal, um, mm -hmm. and it doesn't really bother me that much, but I think. And in our WhatsApp chat, I compare this game, how it looked to other AAA games like Starfield and like in uh, Assassin's Creed, and I think those games look good. Look but this game, I think, looks better. From the trailer, I think the backgrounds, the, it, I don't know, it feels like an Indiana Jones yeah. setting. That uncanny feeling, that, that's actually mostly because we know that face so well. Yes. So we will always compare it to the real thing. Yeah. And to, to, to see it uh, digitally reproduced, of course, it's going to look weird. Um, mm. but just look uh... at the, the last movie, Dial of Destiny, with the... the um, the first scenes with with the younger Harrison Ford mm. that looked weird as well. It's, that it's, that it was very strange, and um, and now in the game with the younger Harrison Ford as well. But I suppose it's one way that the character can live on in Harrison Ford's uh, performance. It's the voices by Troy Baker because at first I was like, is that really Harrison Ford? And I was like, oh dear God, please don't tell me that they've gone AI Harrison Ford that we've reached that stage now. But thankfully, no, the human actor Troy Baker, who I thought. Again, just from the trailer, does a pretty good job of sounding a bit mm -hmm. like, well, Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones from the movies, uh, with his intonation and just the way he spoke as well. Um, but yeah, I think I'll definitely be playing it as well. I, uh, why they did say there's puzzles, and I, I don't know how much action there will be. Uh, they did say we can choose, but I mean, I imagine for a big AAA game, there's going to be some action, I expect. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think. But look, it's exciting. New Indiana Jones game. Uh, that's coming out for Xbox and PC. You can wishlist now on uh, Steam. Uh, Indiana Jones and a Great Circle. And they have announced that it will be released sometime in 2024. I imagine, now it could be pushed back. I'm, you know, it's possible. I imagine what they might try and go for... Uh, either a summer release or a Christmas release is my prediction. It might be too early for summer, but I'm guessing they might want to try and put this for, you know, October, November for Christmas or something. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> we shall wait and see. Um, so that is a new Indiana Jones games. Uh, now, there's uh, another game that I actually played. This is now very, very different. 
called Tavern Talk. So this is um, it, it's set in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. So you know, if in every fantasy setting, just about any fantasy book or TV series or movies, they usually go to a tavern. Um, in just about every fan, and here you play as the innkeeper. And so Tavern Talk, it is inspired by Coffee Talk, where you play as the barista. And now I just played a demo of that game, but to serve coffee to it's an urban fantasy setting. You have these kind of different characters who come in and, uh, you know, different fantasy characters as well in the real world. And you serve them coffee and then you help them with their problems and talk to them. This is kind of similar, but the interesting thing about this is uh, so characters from the fantasy setting, Dungeons and D Dragons setting, come into the pub and you chat to them, you talk to them and you make them drink. So much like Coffee Talk, they tell you they want a strong drink. They want a drink to help them with their dexterity. They want a drink that will help them with their charisma. Uh, then you have these instructions. It's not terribly difficult, thankfully, at least the section that I played. Uh, says, uh, And you have to mix different ingredients and then you can give it uh, to them and... Then they go off on their quests, and depending on the type of drink that you give them, apparently it will. Uh, you can get different outcomes. And uh, another part of the game that is interesting is that they will come in and they will tell you, "Oh, there's this monster in this lake somewhere." So that gives you a quest, and you put it on the notice board, and then you get different rumors, and then you have to put the rumors together to make one quest and then another adventure will come in, go to the notice board and they'll tell you, Oh, I'm looking for, for a quest. I'm interested in this. And then can you give me this drink uh, either to make me strong, to fight the monster, or maybe make me able to talk better so I can maybe convince them not to, I don't know, kill people or something. So you decide, so you can choose what way you want them uh, to go. So you mix up the drink and you send them on their way. And then, there is also, I don't want to give anything away, but apparently there's another story. We don't know who the innkeeper is. We don't know their background, but there is um, a stranger who uh, characters in the tavern tell you, oh, we saw a stranger. He said he was a friend of yours. And the innkeeper is not happy, uh, which is all we know. Um, so it it I found it to be interesting. It's a cozy game. It's uh, You don't go off on the quest or the, to fight uh, yourself. You are more like the dungeon master as far as for what I know, Dungeons and Dragons, and you send people off on the quest and then they come back and they tell you about it. So it is interesting. Now, the one thing that I have to say about this, and much like Coffee Talk, I think the demo of Coffee Talk that I played, there's a lot of talking in it. There's a lot of clicking through dialogue. So it's not going to be for everybody. For people who want more gameplay, it is more visual novel. For people who want more gameplay, or if you want puzzles or any exploration this is not going to be that game um it is uh, as the title says you are the innkeeper of a tavern you're talking to people sending them on quests and giving them drinks so at times you know you might get a little bit tired of just clicking on the dialogue and uh, sometimes it goes a little bit long i think it would be it would be nice if they edited a little bit more because i did feel like okay yeah i get it <laughs> i get how you know how you're feeling and you know like to move on a little bit but it was addictive I did um I I did find, you know, I was thinking, oh, how do I want to make this drink now? And you know, just mixing it up then. And it's not too difficult, which I was I'm sure it'll get more challenging. And and I thought the idea is very interesting of just sending people off to uh on the request and then they tell you about it. And then you're just the innkeeper um just hearing about it. Well, we shall see. 
Um, so that uh, we don't have a release date for that game yet, as far as I know. Uh, it could be 2024, it could be after, but uh, I don't know if the demo is still available, but at least you can wishlist it on Steam uh, right now. Uh, actually, there is a demo. Time recording, you can download a demo and uh, you can see for yourself what you think of the game. But yeah, if you like Coffee Talk, I would definitely recommend people to check this out. If you like visual novels and you like Dungeons and Dragons and kind of fantasy setting, if the idea appeals to you, I would definitely recommend it. But yeah, as I said, um, not much uh, exploration or puzzles, so it won't be for everybody. Um, did you get a chance to check it out, Johnny? Or I looked at the game because you mentioned you were going to uh, talk about it. And yes, it looks very cozy. It's a mm. real storybook feel to it as well. Um, some different characters I see. Now, we can't help it. It's probably the my mischievous side. Uh -huh. uh, I was I was wondering how far can you go in in pouring those drinks and making those those cocktails and so, and I was wondering can you perhaps poison people oh. or slip in a little <laughs> love potion and and uh, um, uh, so, I so didn't stuff encounter, like that. I didn't encounter that. Uh, what I did, what I saw was just um, as I mentioned, uh, drinks. It'll say so you'll have these drinks that you can mix, but it does say these drinks will either help you become stronger, give you more uh, charisma, give you more dexterity, or um, or just make you a better storyteller, or that kind of thing. I don't think you can poison them. And then love potions, not yet at least, because um, you do then get infusions. So if you want to make the drink stronger, um, so if you do want to make them even stronger, for example, you can put chilies. For example, you can put different ingredients and that will make them even stronger. As far as I understand, I might have gotten that a bit, you know, might have misunderstood that part. But so you can add some other ingredients just to give it a little, you know, a little more spice. But so far, I, you know, I, I mean, possibly if you want, I know that one of the other characters who is, uh, I don't know if she's an elf, but, you know, she, I think she's talking about how she wants to get away from her forest and go on an adventure and, um, I think I think she mentioned that she wanted to fall in love with a nymph. <laughs> so, um, so it's possible you might make her be able to talk more. I think that would be able to have more confidence in herself uh, to be able to talk um, and then maybe. But uh, that's certainly what I understood. So do you think, does it have a uh, good replay uh, uh, by making, I, mixing other drinks and then having different outcomes that way, perhaps? I, there, there could be. I mean, I personally don't usually replay games. I like playing them one, or so many games. that. But I think that uh, I, I think it might be fun as well, because what people might do, I'm guessing, is play through the game first the proper way, quote-unquote, give them the drinks that they ask for. But I'm curious to know what would happen if you give them a completely different drink and how the request would turn out. Um, mm -hmm. I'm guessing that could be fun to find out as well um, and see how it would happen. There are some options as well. For example, there's a character that asks you, do you like dragons? And you can say, I do or I don't. Now, I don't know how much it will affect the game and the story, but it might be fun as well. I think there could depend on how long the game is as well. If it's, um, I don't know how long it'll be, but if it's eight, 10 hours, then I think one playthrough will do me. <laughs> But if it's about three, four hours, then I think it could be, you know, it might be like, okay, let's go again. Um, mm -hmm. And we, it, it depends on how different the outcomes are, depending on the drinks you give. I think it's definitely possible there could be uh, replayability, but we, sh we shall see when the full game is released. But um, 
Okay. So, so yeah, so it's a, that is Tavern Talk from Gentle Troll Entertainment. And uh, you can download the demo on Steam and see what you think, if that sounds interesting to you. So now going for something completely different, I imagine. Uh, Johnny, you mentioned at the beginning of this episode that you were playing a game. You're halfway through it. Um, Conrad Stevenson's Paranormal PI, which I believe I saw when it was first released, but then it passed me by because there's so many other games out. But what can you tell us? So you haven't finished it, but what can you tell us of this game so far? That mm. Well, it's been released since September, late September, I think. Um, I just recently got around to playing it. And I think I am about halfway through uh, through the through the game. Um, and that means I'm, I'm almost 25 hours of, of in-game time spent in it. So uh, I'm probably going to, to end up around 50 hours uh, for the total game. Wow, so that's it's, long. It is huge. Um, so Conrad Stevenson is a paranormal uh, PI, private investigator, and his job is to uh, explore haunted houses, haunted locations, because there's not only houses, there's also a church surrounding cemetery, there's a, a lighthouse, um, so it's not uh, just inside, there's, there are huge maps outdoors as well. Um, and while you get... Uh, an email from someone who uh, thinks their house is haunted. So you go and uh, investigate. So you've got all these uh, neat tools um, to find evidence of uh, ghostly presences. Um, the uh, typical EMF meter for electromagnetic uh, disturbances. Uh, temperature uh, monitored for, for uh, cold snaps. Uh, and uh, a camera uh, you can use to, to try to take pictures of the ghosts and uh, a voice recorder as well. And um, it's well, it's very interesting because it's not just about finding the ghosts and proving that those places are haunted, proving that the ghosts are real and exist. But then you have to try to figure out um, why they are there and and uh, why they are haunting that place who they were when they were still alive and then you have to well uh, you have to release them you have to talk to them um and to persuade them to to leave uh, our world behind and to move on to the next world um and there are so many ghosts in in there's so many different locations. I think there are five different locations and, and in total 28 spirits you can find. And it's very, very procedural. So um, you have to follow certain steps uh, to find them. And, and it's a bit repetitive here and there. And, and it takes a little bit before you have figured it out because you're literally just thrown into the game uh, without a clue how to play it. Um, there's not really a manual or a step-by-step -step guide. Um, you start in your office and you have a computer 
and there are a bunch of tutorials there on, on the different uh, ghost types and um, descriptions of your of your equipment. Uh, and you kind of have to, to puzzle it all together and, and to, to make your own step-by-step -step guides and your own procedures to, to yeah, go ahead and, and try to find those ghosts and to release them. Um, you have to be very patient to play this game uh, because there are ways to uh, raise the ghostly activity, um, but there's also a lot of luck involved. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be, be a difficult review to write here because there are so many interesting things there. The game certainly isn't for everyone. Uh, so people who are looking for, for a more action-y game, uh, they'll be disappointed. Um, but, but people who are really interested in, in the paranormal and, and, and the, in ghosts and, and trying to find them, the ghost hunting part of it all, um, I think many gamers will be familiar with the Darkling Room games. Mm, uh, Dark Farm, um, Lost Crown. It's one of my favorites, actually. Uh, last year, I also reviewed uh, Incubus, a Ghost Hunter's Tale, and it's very similar to that. Um, that one was a very linear story. Um, and this one, uh, Conrad Stevenson, is, is much more a ghost hunting simulator and um, very open world, in fact. Uh, with, with, like I said, huge locations where you can uh, walk around in first person, free roam. Um, and yeah, it's, you're just left uh, on your own uh, devices to, to find those goats and, and help them to, to move on. Okay, so it does sound interesting. It doesn't sound like it's for everyone. Do you think that you'll be completing the game? Or do you think you'll be finishing because it's such yeah, a long I'm, game. I'm a little bit it's... of a perfectionist when it comes yeah, to I that. Know, so, I'm, so, I'm as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to finish it, but it'll take it'll take a while, I think, before uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll do so because I think now I'm in the third location, and I've uh, handled about half the ghosts there, and then I have two more locations to go. Um, so, so yeah, there are different kinds of ghosts. Um, there are regular ghosts, but there are also poltergeists who are a bit more tricky. And then there are also also supposed to be some some demons uh, which you have to exercise. And and I haven't encountered those yet, so uh, I'm not sure how that will uh, will work out. Uh, I'm actually kind of a bit bit afraid to to, to go look for them. Uh, because I'll, I was already um, in the current location, I was wandering through the forest, and suddenly this 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 deer dashed in front of me, and and I think almost fell off my seat uh, because it was a bit of a jump scare there. So uh, okay, so there's some jump scares. Mm. Yeah, yeah, not not many, but but it's so atmospheric, um, and sound is is so important. Um, you better play it with headphones uh, because you have to really listen for the little things 
um, to help you locate the ghosts and, and you have to follow their, their whispers to find them and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's, it's very tricky. Uh, but it's so so rewarding when when you finally found all the evidence you can find for one particular ghost and then help them uh, move on. You have to answer some questions to 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 release them from this world. You have to um, you have to figure out their their real name. And you have to figure out uh, their emotional state when they died. And, and there's all this, this background information you can find in, in uh, photographs and, and documents and letters you can you can locate in the in the scenes. And those also help you to 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 raise the ghost activity. It's a, it's a bit tricky when it comes to the gameplay uh, because there are, there are certain procedures you have to follow, uh, but you have to have to really figure them out for your own. But once you have and, and you know how to play, it's uh, you can really delve into it. And, and it's so it's um, it's so rewarding when when you finish with a ghost. And um, it's also. Yeah, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's addictive as well, because mm. um, you just don't want to stop until you have found every little bit of evidence there is to find every every audio uh every audio file every picture you can you can make um uh it's it's yeah it's addictive really so, so it sounds like your first because impression there aren't, yeah. there, there aren't many games where i will spend 25 hours yeah it's uh, a, it seems on... like a long game and it sounds like your first impressions are positive but it's not for everybody Exactly, it's, exactly. And, uh, well, good. You've, I think you've done a really good job of explaining going through the game as well. Um, I don't know if there's a demo available. Don't see one, but it is available on Steam. Uh, once you finish it, which, um, I know, give, given your past record, I'm sure you finished this in, what, a couple of weeks? <laughs> well, uh, I've been... I, I don't know how... When I started playing it, it's actually, I think, somewhere in, in the... Uh, during the holidays, between between Christmas yeah. and New Year, I think I, I had a week off from work, and I think that's when I when I started playing it. Um, so I'm already well, almost almost a month uh, at it, I think. So uh, you, you can definitely uh, add another month before I finish it, I think. Oh well, when, but when there, you... there'll definitely be a review up over at uh, Adventure Game Hotspot. Um, I'll share it all over the place, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, I look forward to reading it to see if your impressions are still the same or uh, how. how I they think are a lot well will depend. I, I, I've, I've written, I've written the, the the most of my of my review, but but it's only the demon part. I, I still have to have to see how that plays out, um, and I hope that uh, that will be good too. Um, but that's what the last the last element I still need to experience firsthand, and then uh, then we'll see what kind of uh, rating we can give this game. Okay, well I look forward to hearing what you think uh, when you finish the game, uh, and of course uh, we'll be reading your review as well. So uh, thank you for that. That is again Conrad Stevenson, Stevenson with a V, and we will include links 
in the show notes as well. So it's Conrad Stevenson's Paranormal PI, which is available on Steam as well. It's a long game, so be prepared if you do get this game. But if you're interested in these kind of games, these ghost hunting uh, games, uh, yeah, maybe check it out. But um, but yeah, so uh, thank you, uh, Johnny. Yeah, uh, be sure. It's it's a real investment. This game, right. so uh, you gotta have a you have the time to spend on it. Yes. Uh, of course. Well, thank you for that. Um, now, before we get to our main reviews, just wanted to remind people that the Adventure Games podcast, uh, it is an independent uh, podcast. Um, we do this basically, uh, well, as a hobby, well, it takes up a lot of time, but it is a hobby. It's enjoyable and all. But if you want to help support the podcast, we have a Patreon. There are a couple of ways you could help as well. You can support us on patreon.com uh, forward slash Adventure Games podcast. Uh, again, the link will be in the show notes and you get these kind of episodes early. Um, I'm also trying to upload more YouTube videos and I will be uploading them first for the, the Patreon as well. Um, so you can get those as well as some extras. So for example, Kieran gave his personal top 10 of 2023. And uh, so a few you know, little extras uh, there as well. It'd be great help to us as well. And thanks to the Patreons, we were able to sponsor Adventure X, well, last year, two years ago. And uh, so it the money does go back into the community. Uh, I don't keep it for myself. <laughs> um, but, uh, or it doesn't go into any bank accounts in Cayman Islands. <laughs> so I don't have enough money quite yet for that. But yeah, if you wanted to, you can help support us. Other ways you can help support us as well is uh, by leaving a review. That uh, really helps as well. It helps us and helps developers of games that we talk about. Uh, the more exposure for just adventure games in general, uh, the better. So you can, uh, there is a link and show notes as well. If you wanted to leave a quick review um, on Apple, I think it's Spotify and wherever as well. So you can help us and sharing Helps as well, uh, sharing the episodes, the links um, to get as many people as possible who you think might be interested. So, uh, yeah, all of that will be helpful. All the links are in the show notes. And again, thank you, first of all, to all the Patreons at, you know, real, real help. And anybody who listens, anybody who supports podcasts, whatever way, uh, we really, really do appreciate it. It's a lovely, lovely uh, community of people. And it's, uh, you know, it's our pleasure to do this and um and yeah so as i said this is johnny's first time but johnny's been part of the community for well some time now that he's been playtesting games and uh and it is a lovely community overall isn't it certainly is um i've been reviewing games since june last year i think when uh, i was introduced to to jack and joshua of adventure game hotspot it's actually uh tom hardwich who, who gave me that oh, yes. uh, final push to approach them so uh thank you tom good old tom <laughs> um, yeah, yeah and and well i kind of rolled into uh play testing a few years ago uh the first game was um not another weekend by diana's games yes and and they they uh, they were looking for testers they they put it up on facebook um and uh, so I, I I applied uh, for that job and I had loads of fun with that and well it it it, it kind of grew um then I got in touch with 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 Tom for Lucy dreaming I tested that I proofread the entire script um wow and and some other games as well uh, beyond uh, the edge of Owl's Guard. Uh, I even yes. uh, inspired the developer for an extra scene in that one. 
Uh, oh wow! So really you really are getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was near near the end of the game. The, uh, you get in in a special uh, location. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but uh, I was really convinced that if you did something there, it would cause a death scene. But so I tried it during the test. Nothing happened. The, the game didn't respond even. So when I sent in my feedback. To the developer, I said, "Fun, hey, I tried to do this, but nothing happened." And I thought uh, uh, that would certainly be be a good scene there. And and they went on, "Oh, that's actually a good idea. I'm going to put that in." So <laughs> that was really fun. Oh, fa fantastic! So you really are having a, a direct uh, effect on games as well. So uh, so any developer, any adventure game developers listening, if you wanted someone to you know play test uh, your games, I'm sure you could get in touch with Johnny. Um, as well, but um, and um, your Discord, we'll we'll do that at the end. Um, but um, but yeah. So uh, now on to the main review. So the first game that I'm going to talk about that I played very recently is called the Fidelio Incident. Now the Fidelio Incident is uh, well, it's walking simulator. It is. Um, uh, it was released back in 2017, but I first came across this, and I can't remember the name of it, but in a book about adventure games. Um, and they mentioned this game, and I thought, oh, this looks interesting for several reasons. So you play as Stanley, and you and your wife, Leonore, are on a plane, uh, and then some birds hit the, the plane, and you crash on an island off the coast of Iceland, and it's the middle of winter, so it's the last place you really want to be without any, uh, without any cover or without any resources or anything. It's a very unforgiving environment. So when you crash, you and your wife, the good news is you both survive, but um, you are separated. She's at the back of the plane, and the back of the plane uh, is at the other end of the island, wouldn't you know? So uh, you're able to reach her on the phone, but again, wouldn't you know it that her leg is trapped. <laughs> So it's a freezing environment, um, minus whatever, minus 40 degrees, whatever. And uh, so the story is, this whole game is you have to go to the other end of the island to find your wife. And um, as it happens as well, your wife then tells you and hopefully try and rescue her and hopefully she you will both survive. But she also tells you that her diary um, also was spread out over the island and she wants you to pick up the pages because she says nobody else can find out because the diary will also reveal uh, your past. Now, the two of them are Irish. They're from Northern Ireland. And it, the game is set in 2010. But as you go um, exploring the island, as you go on the way, there is so your wife crashing a section of the island, which handily enough has some black smoke coming from that mountainous area so you have to follow the black smoke uh to find your wife and also pick up the diary pieces and that will reveal more about your characters so as i said people might be able to guess it's uh, you know they're from northern ireland and you'll see more um about them so uh this is from act three games and it is from the art director of uh, god of war three uh ken Feldman and uh, Brandon Popovich and Christopher Davis uh, also helped. I don't know who they are, I'll be honest, but, you know, certainly Ken Feldman has some uh, good credits with God of War 3. Um, and uh, what they said was is that they took no money, they created Act 3 games, and they're self-publishing on Steam, and they want to tell the story, make this game. And uh, so you are going 
a couple of things that um, that I found interesting. First of all, well, first of all, this is inspired by Beethoven's opera Leonore, uh, where again, I'm not too, I, I'm not, I don't know that opera very well myself, but I believe that uh, the wife Leonore has to dress as someone to help her husband escape from a dungeon. Uh, so now it's very loosely based. I think there are one or two references to it, but um, so the story is very tense, and I think that it does a good job. You know what? From what I just told you, it it is urgent. You know, it's like okay, you know what you have to do. You have to get to the other end of the island, find your wife, find the diary pages, and to try and get to her. You know, before she freezes to death. Thankfully, there's no time limit itself in the game, um, but that's the story, and I found that interesting. Um, also, another interesting element to this game, unlike most other walking simulators that I have played, this is not a cozy game. And what happens is you also have to keep yourself warm because otherwise you will freeze to death. And so you have to go and find different pieces of wreckage from the plane around the island, which are on fire, they're burning. So you have to go to, to those and they'll keep you warm. And then there are also some valves that, you know, this being Iceland, you can turn the valves and there's some steam erupting from the ground and that will keep you warm as well. I know it's convenient, but if you don't do that, the screen will kind of freeze up that you get what looks like more and more ice over the whole screen. And then if it just covers the screen, you die. Now, thankfully, you do go back to kind of like a checkpoint. Um, unfortunately, there are no manual saves, but... In this case, I think that there are regular autosaves. So again, regular listeners of podcasts know how I feel. I want manual saves in games and I would have preferred it in this game, but they were regular at least. Anytime I died, um, it wasn't going back too far. So it wasn't a big issue. Um, so um, I think also what's interesting is that the backstory is not often used. I can't think of any other game that talks, I took a spoiler to say, this talks about the Troubles, which was the conflict in Northern Ireland, with, uh, you know, in the 20th century from the, the 60s, the 70s to the 90s, which was absolutely horrendous. Um, and not many games, not there's no other games that I know of that deal with this topic. So I think, well, the very fact that they deal with it, um, and I do think that they deal with it in a rather sensitive enough manner, but I think if people who were, um, maybe people listening, if they had some involved with or know people, of course, it might be a touchy subject. But I do think that they, you know, it's good that games deal with such topics. Um, and I think that overall this was done. Well, I'll get to it as well. The acting as well, it's, uh, they are real Irish actors. Um, now, the accents still go for, from what I found to be a little bit all over the place. There's like the Northern Ireland, then Republic, and then it's like, but they are authentic. I think the the guy does a better job overall. I think they're both good. Uh, so Stanley's played by Glenn Keogh, who was in Transformers Age of Extinction, Once Upon a Time and Sons of Anarchy. And he was born in Ireland, so it is authentic and he is a good actor. And Leonor was played by Bess Harrison. Uh, not sure if she's Irish, but she was in a temple and memory. Uh, her accent was a little bit up and down, I found. But overall, it's still good. Uh, so I thought, thankfully, the overall the acting was authentic. Um, and then finally, it looks absolutely beautiful. The, you know, the background, it looks stunning, the cinematography, and you really do feel like you're on the island. Uh, so all of that, I really like. It's also relatively short. It took me about three hours uh, to finish. And there are some puzzles in this game as well. You have to, um, again, turn some valves to try to some insects that you have to get rid of. 
And um, so I'll talk a little bit more about that. Now, there were a few things as well that uh, that I was like, oh, that I think probably could have been better. Uh, regarding the gameplay with the freezing up of the screen, I understand why they added it, and it certainly helps to add urgency and tension. I think it's done well that way. But it does rob the player of the desire to explore. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love playing these walking simulator-type games. If you compare to Firewatch or Gone Home or... Um, other games, What Remains of Edith Finch, which I haven't played, but I've heard about the exploration aspects of that. And this does kind of rob you of that. Now, it is more realistic, but I was like, oh, I'd love to explore this island as well more. But oh, no, I've got to go to the next heat source. Um, so it did kind of make the game even more linear and kind of rob you of that element of the game. Um, also, regarding the backstory, while I think it's good that they do have a story, you know, kind of like this about different topics that not a lot of us might know, I think in this case, they don't give a huge amount of context. Now, I'm Irish myself, I'm from the Republic of Ireland, so I am more aware of this, uh, you know, this topic and this conflict. But I think anybody else, a lot of people living outside of Ireland might not know much about it. And you might be a bit confused. You might be thinking, wait, why are you doing this? And you might find it difficult to care as much, say. So I think if there had been some way, something extra that they, the developers had done maybe to add more context, because it is a very, very complicated you know, conflict that goes back centuries, but it's just something to help players understand more. I think that could have helped. Um, also, the the idea to look for diary pages. First of all, I was thinking, well, how are the diary pages intact? Uh, how have they not blown away? How have they not burned up? And I think it's very convenient and it was a little bit contrived. I can, again, I can understand it's a typical gameplay element. But if you compare to, say, Firewatch, where, you know, the, the, the conversations by the telephone drive the story and that feels much more natural that you're playing in the story. But here you are mainly reading about the backstory and you're not really engaging. You're not really, apart from there are a couple of flashbacks, which I did like. And it, there was one, you know, don't want to give any spoilers, but one shocking moment. But there were, you know, I thought that was on. But the diary pages, I, I was thinking, could I not have done really something else? Um, so I did think that that was, I think, a little bit contrived. Um, and then the puzzles, while, you know, there are, I did, in one sense, I thought, okay, this is adding variety. I thought the puzzles themselves felt like chores. It felt like the developers went, oh, we, we probably should add some sort of puzzles to, to the game. And so the, the twisting the valves, it did feel like busy work and chores and just, I don't know, I, I did feel like, okay, look, um, maybe you could have just done it differently or just not include these. It felt like they just were added very late on. Um, and yeah, and then in the diary pages that did go on, there's a lot of flowery language, it's very poetic, but it did kind of go on a little bit. And I said it did take me out of the story a little bit. Um, so overall, I think, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I did like it. Um, and I think if you like walking simulators, I think you might like this. I don't think it's as good as Firewatch or Gone Home or Tacoma. I think those games were better. But it's a well-made game overall, despite these few issues that that I had. As if you like puzzles in your game, these puzzles aren't going to trouble you. I don't think they'll probably interest you. But I'm glad I played it, and I'm glad that there are stories, you know, like this in games. And I think a walking simulator can help tell these kind of stories where you play as a character, and there was urgency in the story. But some of the things that could be done a little bit better. But 
yeah, overall, I, I, you know, I had a good time while playing it. I don't think I'll be remembering it long uh, into the future, but I had a good time um, overall. So, um, Johnny, what, what do you think? Have you seen much about this game yourself? Or well, I've taken a look at it, and it looks really beautiful. Uh, it is the scenery I've seen, and in, indeed the the icing over effects you mentioned. Mm, that uh, is well done. Then, Looks extremely well done. And I've played my share of uh, walking simulators. There's been um, a period where, where I really, really love them. I think uh, that's probably because uh, I got a new computer at that time and was finally able to run those games because they're usually uh, quite demanding on the uh, graphical field. So um, I've played Firewatch, um, Edith Finch. Okay. Uh, uh, Rachel Foster is also one of those. Mm. Uh, um, Dear Esther, I think, was the very first one. I yes, this was genre. inspired by Dear, es Dear Esther, developers said. Inspired by Dear Esther, Gone Home, and Firewatch. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, but lately, I, I haven't really played uh, such games anymore. I'm, I'm, I, I've, I'm more in the uh, the, the classic. Uh, Pixel art, uh, mood, point and clicks. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, yeah, um, but but it certainly looks like like something I would uh, I would pick up and and give a try. Yeah, yeah and I'm also very very interested in in that that conflict you mentioned uh, with Northern Ireland. Um, um, I've uh, tried to read up on it uh, several years ago. Um, I've read the books by Edward Rutherford about Dublin and yes. Ireland's awakening. Um, and uh, Rutherford is a, is a great author. I, I've, I've read several of his books. And Likewise, I was yes. actually, actually glad that I could find uh, a region in the world where I actually knew nothing about Um I was actually kind of sorry that I only read them after I visited Dublin myself. I, I uh, went there, I think, ten years ago now. Um, but it was this 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 uh, group travel uh, arrangement, so we didn't really have have lots of free time. It was with a guide and uh, went to the Wicklow Mountains. Lovely. Uh, but we did we didn't didn't really get that that. Um, that part of history uh, explained to us then, so so it was a bit uh, left in the dark. Um, yeah, so, so, because so... this this conf, I mean, I say conflict. It was horrendous. A lot of people died uh, in those three or four decades and were killed as well. It's absolutely brutal and horrific. Um, but it, it's it was just in that part of Ireland, in the north Northern Ireland, that, and it all was also in the Republic of Ireland, and you know that people here that we were kind of like, well, we don't really want to know <laughs> as well. And mm -hmm. in the UK as well, they're kind of like, oh, God, we don't, you know, this is an awkward kind of terrible thing, but it's kind of like, let's just ignore it. And I know that the Irish governments before were kind of accused of also doing that as well. So that's why you probably wouldn't hear a whole lot about it. If you go there to Belfast, and I would recommend it as well, because there's peace now, um, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but uh, they're they do go they do talk about the the history I visited and you know the, with the black cabs and going around the areas, and it is absolutely fascinating and it's very different to the Republic of Ireland. Um, mm -hmm. but uh, but yeah, no, I think it is good that uh, that a game would have this and even if it makes 
people want to read up more about it and help people understand more about the conflict. I think that's a good thing. So I'm glad that the developers did this and they told this story. And I think overall it was well done and well told. I said I would have liked in the game for there to be more backstory or more context. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it is the Fidelio incident, and it is available. Well, it's available on Steam, and uh, is it available on consoles? Uh, I should have checked this up. I don't know. I think it's just available on Steam, but it's not too expensive. It's not too long. It's it took me about three point three hours, but I think I stuck on one or two of the puzzles. So if you're able to figure out the puzzles early on, which I think most people probably will, um, then I think uh, you. It should take about two, two and a half hours as well. But uh, but yeah, it's available for people to check it out if they so wish. So that is the Fidelio incident. So, uh, Johnny, the final game that we're going to talk about, before we talk about what are our most anticipated games 24, 24 hours, not sure if I mentioned that at the top of the program, but anyway, we'll <laughs> continue. Um, there's one game that was released that I think we were both looking forward to. It was one of my most anticipated games. Uh, since I first saw it, it is The Night is Grey, which was released early January 2024. Now, you've already written your review, this on the Adventure Games Hotspot. But uh, tell us, um, tell us what this game is about and what are your thoughts? Well, it's the first game I played this year and my first review of the year as well. And it was uh, immediately at the title screen that I knew that I was going to love this game. Uh, the graphical style is so beautiful. Um, the, there's this kind of parallax effect with the background, um, where it seems to be made up of different layers, creating this mm. great 3D effect uh, with the background and the foreground moving at different speeds. Um, and I think there's even a third layer in the middle somewhere um, that's even at another speed. So, so it's, it has this great 3D effect. And um, that's immediately obvious at the title screen. Mm. So, so I knew, okay, this this game, um, this is going to be it. <laughs> Sometimes you can just tell from the start. Uh, so I started playing, and we see this uh, the main character Graham, and he comes stumbling out of uh, the forest in in a clearing, and he's exhausted. He has been running for a while. Uh, but we don't really know um, why he's running, what he's running away from, what what happened to him. It just appears in in we we catch up with him in the middle of of, of the story. Actually, uh, we don't know much about him. Um, he's this uh, a guy in I think late in his thirties, late thirties, perhaps. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think probably late 30s. Yeah, I'd say probably 30s, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so so he uh, he suddenly hears sound and he goes to investigate. And then he stumbles upon uh, a little girl in a cabin. She's on her own. Um, she said her mom has gone to, uh, to start the, the generator because the, the electricity was gone. Um, but she hasn't returned yet. So so Graham, he decides to uh, to take the girl with him. Um, they go to find her, her grandparents in uh, the village uh, on the other side of, of, of the forest. And so that's basically basically the game. You have to puzzle your way 
through uh, the different locations to get to her grandparents' house. And um, you promise, uh, Graham promises the girl that he will also find his mo uh, her mother. So uh, the, the objective uh, of the game is uh, immediately apparent at the start. Uh, you know what you have to do. And as a, as a gamer, you just have to try and figure out how to reach that objective. So it's a very uh, clear story in that regard, but it is still um, covered in mystery because, because you don't know what's going on exactly because there are, uh, you know, from the start, there are some wolves in the area that behave a little, uh, little strangely. Um, and and you get the backstory from from the girl. What's her name again? Is is it Lily? Um, uh, is it Hannah? Oh, Hannah, the, the uh, little girl. Yeah, Hannah and Graham. Hannah, Hannah. Yeah, yeah. It's Hannah. Um, but but and and you know, you she tells you about about her grandparents and and but but Graham's backstory is is remains. A bit of a mystery. You don't really know who he is, where he's where he came from. Um, but what's interesting in this game is that in between, uh, at start of a new chapter, you get this bit of of dialogue um, where you see someone addressing someone else, and I assumed it was parent addressing their child in rather a very verbal, abusive way that seems to either um, yeah, signify something that has already happened or, is, or has yet to happen. Um, it's all a bit, all a bit mysterious and, and you feel it has this, this threatening feel about it and you know something is going to happen and, and you kind of get this feeling that, that oh, you're not sure if this game will have a happy ending. Um, it's it's very tenseful, I I, I think. Um, yeah, it was kind of you know again as you said, there's a mystery all throughout um, the game, and and again, I'm not going to give any spoilers. Certainly not. I know developers have asked us not to. Mm -hmm. um give any spoilers so, so we won't but i thought that one of the strongest parts of this game was you know as well as how it looked because he said the color palettes i absolutely love the look of the visuals in this game but the story it's a well-rounded story you know it doesn't leave you on a cliffhanger or you know a lazy cliffhanger it is a well-rounded story and a, you know i thought the story was well told that you know there are some you know when there are revelations through you know this build up and then there's revelations and then it's still like, do I have the full story yet? And I thought that was done well. And there's, you know, some interesting parts that, you know, we, we see that Graham at the very beginning, he's full of self-loathing that he's, but it's also kind of uh, also funny in places that he tries to tell jokes, but then yeah. they're so bad that then he goes, oh, you're pathetic, Graham. <laughs> and then called, he talks. dad jokes, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but they're even so bad that he, he goes afterwards, yeah, okay, yeah, that was particularly bad and it's uh -huh. terrible and unbearable. And and then he talks to this, um the, the toy that uh, Mr. Storky, and that's used as a plot element as well. Mm -hmm. And so with the interact, also I like the contrast with Graham and, and Hannah. Graham is this, well, middle-aged guy who's in his 30s, who's 
very serious and angry and we don't know why. Uh, but then there is uh, Hannah, who is an innocent, I think she's eight, nine-year-old child. And then there's a contrast with between and she can change she's her moods change she can throw a tantrum and then she goes back you know to, to being happy and you know kind of singing and then back again a tantrum and she sometimes can insult graham but then she says oh you're funny and it's um and then he kind of i think comes to care for her and he wants to really help her find her grandparents um and i like that interaction as well yeah it's a very good dynamic and mm. uh, and sometimes graham well well he loses his temper now yes. and then so yeah, he's um, not uh, the nicest of protagonists, but I no, but I I still I thought he was interesting. I thought what the developers did well, unlike say Rufus in Deponia or Simon the Sorcerer, even though he mightn't be that likable, I found him interesting. He's and very very human. He has yes, his good yes. sides, has his bad sides. He has layers. There's there's just something about him, yeah. And um, no, so I thought that was good. And the visuals. Uh, what did you think of the of the puzzles in the game? I really liked how they uh, put together different styles of puzzles, different mm. styles of gameplay. So you have your uh, typical inventory puzzles, mm -hmm. which were, when when I'm talking from, from my point of view, perhaps a little bit on the easy side. Right. Um, but then you also have these, these uh, logical and mechanical puzzles. And so I lost so much time on some of those. They, yeah, they, they, were, they were hard in in comparison to the inventory puzzles. Some of them were were really, uh, really too much. Um, there is this one puzzle where you have to fix, I think, an electrical circuit. Uh, you need mm. to find different, um, several different uh, parts uh, to put together uh, in the circuit box. And I, I I spent I think at least. 15 minutes trying to find the right configuration uh, only then to to discover one oh i don't have all the parts yet okay mm. never finish this puzzle so uh kind of and it was just by chance that, that i figured that out because i was staring myself blind at it so i thought one okay I'm, I'm leaving this i'm going to explore a bit more perhaps i missed something here and there and then oh yeah I, I did miss something so so uh that was uh, that wasn't uh, so much fun to be honest. Yeah, no, I can definitely. Yeah, I thought the inventory puzzles I said they were on the easy side, but on the plus side, there there wasn't any that I thought were completely illogical. No, um, no, definitely which I thought not. Was good, and the logic puzzles. Some I took that there wasn't like a maths puzzle that I was like had fun trying to calculate it um, as well. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, some of them were tricky, and I will admit that I did use a walkthrough. Um, that for someone. I know, I, because I was not, I don't have the patience, and this is a me problem as well, but oh. especially with one when, well, no spoilers, but with computer screens as well. Um, yeah, I, I tried it, but then I thought, I'm not going to get this. Um, I even feel bad about myself when I use the hotspot locator. Oh, I don't. I I mean, this could be another topic. I didn't notice there was a hotspot locator until after I finished the game. Yeah, um, okay. Because one, one of the things, one of the small issues I had as well, I wish that there had been some item descriptions when you hover over the hotspots, you know, like if it told you what yeah. the item was. I really did miss that. So I, I I, did miss a couple of items. There's no real pixel hunting as such, but it can be hard to find everything. Um, mm -hmm. But also one section that I didn't like, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say you're in the mine, 
and you can die in that section. Yeah. And again, I lost patience. I didn't realize you could die in this game. Yeah. The first time I died, I was like, what? You don't expect that in in adventure games anymore these days. So so... it it came to you. So again, I thought, oh, you know, this, I, I wasn't as, you know, as, as hot about, but, um, but yeah, no, like you, I, I, I think you probably liked this game a little bit more than me, but I still did really like it. I think, I'll be surprised if this game isn't uh, in my personal top 10 this year. I think it's a really good way to start the year. Um, As I said, I think it's a well-told story. Um, And it's, you know, point-and-click adventure games. Most of the puzzles, you know, are some of the more tricky ones. I thought there were... There are also some... some, Quick time events, some mini games where you have to uh, yeah. So pulling like a gener- uh, instance, generator. When, when you start a generator, mm. you have to pull pull the cords. So so you have yes. to uh, you have to click at the right time at the right spot. Uh, there's some couple of other instances where you do the same thing but but only a, a little bit different. Mm. Um, so I, I like that kind of variety in games. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And it's, at least uh, they they didn't they didn't overdo it. It's not like you have to do it every every five steps you take. So uh, it was well paced and yeah. uh, different puzzles put together. Yeah, overall, I I thought so as well. So yeah, overall, I thought that it's a very good way to start the year. Very good mm-hmm. way to start twenty twenty four, and hopefully, this is a sign only, of uh, things to come. Only a shame that it it didn't have it doesn't have voices. Voice, yes, perhaps. I was about to mention that there is no. Mm-hmm. So I know that this might bother some people. I mean, I I would have liked some you know good voice acting, but I know when it comes to you know child characters that if they're adults putting the voices of children, it might not sound good. So no. I'm glad in this case maybe then it didn't. But um, but yeah, I you know I thought the writing overall was good. So that's the main thing. But I think After a while, uh, I just I just yeah, forgot, I forgot about, about the it. fact that there weren't voices. So uh, and and I looked it up. There actually, you know, I think we've gotten a little spoiled when it comes to to voices in in adventure games. Um, but uh, the past year, I've I've reviewed uh, a couple of games that that didn't have voices uh, either. So there was mm. uh, Dreams in the Witch House. Yeah, for that example, was our is our voiced. adventure game of the year, and it doesn't yeah doesn't have voice. There you go. There you go. <laughs> So, and it won so, so. the game of the year from uh, Agotti, the adventure game of the year from Raúl as well, who organized um, that from you know from people from well streamers and Twitch streamers and all from around the mm-hmm. world. And we all well overall, it won the adventure game of the year, and that doesn't have voice acting, so it's not you know it's not necessary. I think the first Certainly thing should not. be the writing, and they've done that. So Whale Stork Interactive have. Um, have written it's a good first game. game, I believe. Um, yeah, so for a first game, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, um, so, so yeah, so overall, qu- quite positive, I think, for the two of us. Exactly, exactly. I really, um, I really liked it. Yeah, and you, uh, well, we can leave a link for your uh, written review as well if people want to read more about it. No spoilers, of course, but um, but that is the night is grey, and hopefully. Uh, more adventure games released over the year will be as good, if not better, but certainly as good. I'll be very happy. Um, That's certainly a so developer to look out for, yeah. Definitely. So look forward to seeing what Whalestark Interactive do next. So, um, so yeah. So before we we finish this recording, because uh, I know I uh, well, I, I, I know I need to let you go, and we both probably need some dinner <laughs> at some point. <laughs> um, 
are there any games uh, I know I spoke about this with Thomas and Lauren I think Kieran um, at, uh, at the beginning of this year uh, but are there any adventure games in particular that you are looking forward to in 2024 that will hopefully be released in 2024 well um, of course around this time of the year that's a very popular question mm-hmm. uh, and and I noticed it's, it's always the same titles popping up with people because they're delayed um, and yeah yeah so 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 I was actually uh looking forward to to some probably some lesser known titles um that I have uh, yeah some kind of personal interest in I might say so I'm really looking forward in the first place to the first chapter of A Twisted Tale. Yes. Um, by um, by Eva, Eva Ramona Rohleder. Um, she's a German uh, solo indie developer who has been working on this game for, for several years now. Um, and I've had the honor to test uh, the first chapter extensively and also proofread the dialogue. So uh, because of all that investment, I won't be allowed to review it for the Adventure <laughs> Game Hotspot. Um, so I'm very curious to see how well this game does when it's released. And she's very close, I've uh, heard today. So uh, they're, they're wrapping up the final playtesting and the final version is uh, going up on Steam very soon. So So we should hear uh about the release date uh very soon so i'm really looking forward oh fantastic uh, i've just one. added that to my list um but it looks fantastic yeah no it looks um it's uh, very much inspired uh on on the broken sword games on, on curse of monkey island mm. uh lots you can of the see classics, that yeah no, it looks it looks really good so hopefully the game will be good i'm getting from what you say sounds like it will be so that's what you're going to look out for um, are there any other games that you're looking forward to in 2024 that we um, may or may not have heard of? Well, there is one, uh, The Brilliant Coup, um, which is actually yes. based on an, um, a game from, from I think, 1994, uh, The Clue, uh, which is basically a, a burglary simulator. Um, and one of the... the developers of, of the of that game um is now working on a more regular point and click version of uh, of that story of the clue and that is coming out as the brilliant coup um but i think it's going to be released uh, at the end of this year uh, according to their planning um okay yes that's released say 2024 yeah, and I really loved uh, the clue, the, the original game, um, where you're this 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 guy. He, he uh, ends up in London, and he um, well he he wants to to make some easy money, and he and he starts uh, uh, he starts burgling uh, places, uh, famous locations as well. Uh, the Tower of London, for instance, is going to steal the crown jewels. At one point, um, and and it's it's more of a simulator than than a regular adventure game because you have to plan uh, the burglary. You have to first look for first. You have to stake out the place uh, you want to you want to rob, and if you find accomplices, a getaway car, you have to assign jobs, and then you have to 
from a top-down view. You have to plan uh, the burglary and tell where everybody has to go and, and what they have to do. And then you, you hit the execute button, so to speak, and then you just sit, sit back and watch the burglary in action, and then you hope you planned it well. So uh, I really enjoyed that game. So I'm, I'm very interested in, in how that story will uh, will turn out in a regular uh, point-and-click uh, adventure with uh, a bit nice. of a Lucasfilm, LucasArts gameplay style with, uh, with verbs and inventory at the bottom. Uh, so the 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 older scum scum style. Nice. So that's another game that uh, people can uh, look forward to. The brilliant who C O U P. Um, yeah. No. I've. I, I mean, I, I was aware of it, but I just added that and a twisted uh, tale. I mean, I've got what according to this list, I've made forty three adventure games. I know I won't get to play them. Probably won't all be coming out uh 2024 but i've added those uh oh actually no there's more 61 <laughs> yeah no chat and again i they won't all be released this year but it's just so many games coming out so many adventure games um as well um is there any other adventure game or shall we or or you want to say what another one more adventure game i know there's probably a lot that you're also looking forward to well, I have only twenty-five titles in my list, so uh, oh, okay. I'll have to share. We'll have to share our list. <laughs> so I think the the rest of my list is, will probably be the same as yours. We have, mm. um, yeah, I could mention something, but but I'm sure you're going to uh, you're going to address them. Well, we'll see how how we do. Well, that is it for for this month review episode. Uh, thank you so much to you, Johnny, for joining us. Um, I've really enjoyed speaking to you and listening to you. I'm sure people. Uh, will enjoy uh, listening to you as well. And I know a lot of people re enjoy reading your reviews and that's great to to listen to you. Um, yeah, it's been a lot reviews. of fun. And I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I certainly enjoyed it. And like I said, a great opportunity to, uh, to speak English because that's not... Uh... Well, Something it's, I it's do fantastic. On a it's, be basis. it's better than mine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's and hopefully I'm, the other. I always say I'm I'm better at a written word than a spoken word. So <laughs> well, well, you, well, if that's the case, your spoken word it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic as well. As I said, very eloquent. I think you've shown us that you are very eloquent. Um, Thank you. Thank ho you. Hopefully, it's, uh, a couple of the others will join us as well, either from Thomas or Laura or Kieran or Matt or. A couple of, and hopefully you'll join us again, Johnny, over the year. We'd love to hear from you as well, and for you to join us. All you got to do is ask. <laughs> oh well, we, we will indeed. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so we will um, be chatting later. Um, and thank you to Johnny. Thank you to everyone for listening. So, uh, so yeah, take care, everyone. And as Thomas would say, keep on questing. <laughs>
our Vetro Game developer or Vetro Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So until next time, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you.